host, Dennis Beard. When we got our statistics back on how many uh, throughout the world are listening to the podcast, one of the top subjects was Trinity versus Jesus. So we thought we'd make an addendum to that, go into it in more detail on some of the questions that were asked on this subject, Trinity versus Jesus. As the Word of God tells us, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Notice a man lost fellowship with God. And only a man can redeem us back. The question then is, God is spirit. He cannot suffer. He cannot be tempted. And therefore, God will have to have a man that will be the perfect, spotless, blameless man to fulfill that law in order to be the perfect sacrifice to die for the sins of the world. Well, we have to have a perfect man. God looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, he said, my own arm brought salvation unto myself. Very key, it is essential that we understand, imperative, that a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Not a God-man, only a man. And that's very, very important. God looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Why? Because all was conceived in sin, shaped in iniquity, none good, no, not one. From Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the way down, the patriarchs, through the law, the prophets, everywhere, all had sinned and come short of the glory of God. None good, no, not one. We have to have a perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God for our sacrifice. A perfect man, not a God-man, a man. That is one of us, a kinsman redeemer, just like us. Adam, that first Adam was made a living soul. He was given the dominion over the creation of God. He was to subdue the earth and replenish it. Subdue the earth and replenish it is all that Adam had to do. But we know he called Adam and man and woman both Adam. And he called them Adam. But when, the help me, the woman there was tempted and beguiled by the serpent. And then Adam did eat also of the tree of knowledge. And the day that you eat thereof, Adam, you will surely die. At Genesis 3.15, we have the first proto-evangel, the first messianic promise, the first message of a Christ that will be born. And God speaking to the serpent says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and you shall bruise his heel. Not her heel, his heel, being that man. Not a God-man, a man. And we find that in Romans 5. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offense is of one, so also is the free gift of one. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back.
we're told that the man Christ Jesus is not God, but had God in him. And we're going to refute that. Why? Because the man Christ Jesus, even though he was one of us, and we know that God had to have a man, and who he called his servant, that would redeem us that were under the law. So in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman, not the father speaking to the son in heaven, God the spirit speaking to God Jr. Go down and die for the sin of the world. There's no scripture for that. We have the scripture that tells us how did God send forth his son made of a woman made it under the law. That's how God sent forth his son. And that's in Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made and under the law. Now the law will still be in effect when Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Who is born in Bethlehem? Christ the Lord. We have to have the revelation of Christ. Without that revelation... We cannot have the foundation of the church because in Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Then Jesus said, but who do ye say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Simon Barjona, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose upon earth will be loosed in heaven. Peter had the keys. Therefore, we know that the Son of God is Christ. For because thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the foundation rock of the church. Well, what does that mean? We have to be taught Christ as we have so learned Christ. Christ in 1 Peter 1 verse 10 and 11 just as Peter had that revelation along in Matthew 16 saying that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, Peter tells us in his epistle, 1 Peter 1 verse 10 and 11 tells us that the Old Testament prophets, Peter speaking, that is Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets all the way to Malachi, that all the Old Testament prophets Search diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That Spirit is a capital S. There is only one Spirit. There's one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We know there's only one Spirit of God. Ephesians 4 tells us that. And if there's only one spirit, 
We know now that Christ is that spirit. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11 plainly declares that Christ that is that spirit because the Old Testament prophets prophesied by the spirit of Christ that was in them. Notice it goes on and says, when they prophesied beforehand the sufferings of Christ. Now that's not Christ Jr. That Christ, the Spirit, as the Spirit of Christ that was in the Old Testament prophets. They searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, that's God Almighty, the Spirit, the Lord Jehovah, El Shaddai, Elohim. There is no body of flesh there. It is spirit. You go into heaven, I'm there. You go into hell, I'm there. Where's the house that you will build me, David? The spirit is omnipresent. It is omnipotent. It is omniscient. It is uh, invisible. The invisible God. In which no man has seen God in any time and lived. The very essence of God. No one has seen. Then the question arises, well, then who did Abraham see when the three angels came to to Abraham and Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham goes into a discussion with one of the angels called the Lord and said, will the, the Lord that is righteous destroy a city, if you have 50 righteous men, will you destroy it? He said, for 50 righteous men, I will not destroy it. How about 45? For 45 righteous men, I won't destroy it. 40, then 30, then 20, then 10. Abraham is bargaining with God. Why? Because God will do nothing except he has an agreement with man in the earth because God had given man the dominion. So any spirit that manifests in the earth will do it through a body of flesh and blood. Be it God, be it Satan. Because man had the dominion. So when Adam fell by one man's disobedience, sin came upon all the world, upon all mankind. The whole cosmos changed simply because of Adam's sin. And now in Adam all die. That's the reason why man has to be regenerated. He has to be born again. The old Adamic nature, the old man, that old man has to be crucified. And we find that by baptism, that the body, the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. There we take on Christ. Now Christ is that spirit, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's a mystery of godliness. No one will refute that Christ in you, that Christ is the spirit of God. It's not flesh. You didn't cut off a finger of Jesus and eat literally a flesh finger or bone of Jesus. It's the spirit. When you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you are in fact, and then the feast of the Lord reading and digesting his word and 
the inner man, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. God knew that what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. This is an Adam not above the law, but an Adam, a man in under the law, just like you and just like me. We find that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman. We are taught by the Trinity religion that the Spirit Father spoke to the second person of the Godhead, the Son, and said, go down and die for the sins of the world. There is no scripture for that. Matter of fact, it's altogether a lie because we find in Isaiah 9-5, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall rest upon his shoulder. Singular shoulder. That's the cross. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Full of Wonder, Only Used of God, Counselor, The Mighty God. Isaiah 9, 6, he's not the mighty son of God. He's the mighty God. The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. How can Jesus, the Son of God, be the everlasting Father because it's going to be the Father manifest in a body of flesh and blood. And that's a mystery. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16 Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For God, God himself, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, God was manifest in the flesh. That flesh is flesh and blood, just like you, just like me. Justified in the Spirit. Believed on in the world. Preached unto the Gentiles. Seen of angels. Received up in the glory. 1 Timothy 3.16. Who was? God was. Not God Jr. God was. So who is born in the city of David? Christ the Lord. The Lord is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. It is a manifestation of God himself manifest in the flesh. A manifest is not was manifested. God was manifest in the flesh. The manifest is a manifesto. If we go to a ship and we go to the captain and say, let me see your manifest, that manifest will have all the cargo that's on that ship. Everything that's on that ship will be in the manifest. Same way with God. God was manifest in the flesh. What? All the attributes of God. All that he is, was, or ever will be as spirit was manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman. That's how he sent forth his son. Made of a woman. Made in under the law. Not above the law. And under the law. Hebrews 2. For as much then as the children are protectors of flesh and blood, he, God himself also, likewise, took part of the same. That in all things he was made like unto his brethren. 
Hebrews 4.15 says that Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Tempted in all points as we are? Yes. Tempted of the devil and of the world and his own fleshly body of flesh and blood. Tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. The only blameless, spotless man of God. He's the only spotless, sinless man that was ever born. This is the reason for the virgin, the virgin birth. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son and call his name Emmanuel. Not Emmanuel Jr. Emmanuel, God with us. Not second person of the Godhead. God with us. Who is this man? Now, it's important we understand that by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin, and God had given as spirit, as the eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God Almighty gave dominion unto Adam. When he did and told him to subdue the earth and replenish it, and Adam fell, he still had dominion though he retained some of the residue there of the Spirit. By that one man's disobedience, sin came upon all mankind. By one man's disobedience, sin came upon the whole world. And by one man, not a God-man, shall my servant make many righteous. The servant... Can God be a servant? God looked for a man. It's very important. And in the Old Testament, we find that God looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, he said, mine own arm, trust not in the arm of flesh, mine own arm brought salvation to myself. For God, that is Christ, that spirit, was in, in Christ. We find second, Corinthians, that we find in 5, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Well, Christ is that spirit. We know that because Peter told us so. And not only Matthew 16, but 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. He is that spirit. The Old Testament prophets prophesied by the spirit of, of Christ that was in them. Christ is that spirit. When he spoke beforehand, prophesied beforehand of the sufferings of Christ, not Christ Jr., not a different Christ. So Christ, the revelation of Christ, is he is that spirit manifest in a body of flesh and blood as the Christ. It's the man who is God, but he can only work salvation as a man. Now, how is he going to do that? God can't die. God can't be tempted. And yet, the law requires a shedding of blood. For without the shedding of blood, there remaineth no remission of sins, no sacrifice for sins. It's through the blood atonement. And that blood is that of a perfect, spotless, blameless lamb, a blameless man, a sinless man, 
and it has to fulfill all criteria. Every aspect of that law would have to be literally tested, tried, and overcome in order to have the right to be a free will sacrifice as a propitiation for our sins. In other words, to die in our stead. It has to be a free willing sacrifice. And to do that, he has to be tempted and tried in all points, like as we are, like as every flesh and blood person on the face of the earth. That is Adam. And in Adam, all die. Well, how is God going to do this? God is spirit. God can't die. God cannot be tempted. Then how is God going to do it? Now, here is the truth of how God worked redemption in and of himself alone. Not through angels. He did not take on him the nature of angels, but the seed of Abraham. He became one of us. Tempted at all points like as we are. But how did he do it? He can only work salvation as a man. And that man has to be in under the law. Romans 8, 3. And what the law could not do, that law now is given, that sin might appear exceedingly sinful. But that law has to be met and the requirements of the law met in order to redeem mankind back to God. How's he going to do it? He can't die. He can't be tempted. Has no blood. He's spirit. He's everywhere. Omniscient. Omnipotent. Omnipresent. How is God going to do this? Paul tells us in Philippians 2, verse 6 through 8, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Then he tells us a very important point. Only mention one time that God made himself of no reputation. There's your key. No reputation. How can God make himself of no reputation? It's the kenno, K-E-N-O-O in the Greek. The kenosis. How can God do that? Well, very simply. A self-imposed limitation upon his own self. Not to work as God, but to make himself of no reputation. That means to make void. To lay aside all glory. Not not literally taking the glory in any part, fashion, at all. It means to be totally emptied out. Not a process of emptying out, but emptied out. And we find that's exactly what God did. He looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, God is going to form himself a body of flesh and blood. Not a second person of the Godhead. Not some kind of a trinity. Not some kind of a binitarian tunis doctrine. And not a oneness doctrine where they do not believe the man is God. A Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, that Christ first and foremost is that spirit. Whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 1 John 5, verse 1. And this is the victory that overcome the world, even our faith. Well, what is this? Who is this Christ? There's a mystery there. That's the foundation 
of the church and to get that mystery. Jesus said, I will liken to him that is a wise man that dig deep and founded a rock. That rock is Christ. Dig deep. Yes, because there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I think, well, if there's a father, he has to be a father of something. Well, then there's got to be a son, and there's a son of God. So God somehow or another birthed a son. He birthed God Jr., and that's where you have the Chalcedonian definition in 451 A.D. That, that the Father of glory literally begot the Son of God, the second person of the Godhead, before the foundation of the world. What? That is asinine. That is ludicrous. That is a straight-out lie. God did not birth another spirit in heaven and have spirit junior or a second person the Godhead. All through the word of God, God said, I am God and there is no other God beside me. No other God. See now that I am God and beside me there is no other Savior. There is no other person of the Godhead. That came into being in 325 A.D. under Constantine, who Rome was worshiping the sun god, and the Christians were worshiping the son of God, and they made a council, an ecumenical council, and came up with a triune trinity doctrine. Then it was expanded again on in 451 A.D. in the Chalcedonian definition, and saying that, he is the God-man. On his father's side, he's the son of God, therefore divine. On his mother's side, he's human, therefore thus the son of man. The son of man has nothing to do with flesh and blood. The son of man is the kingdom office. It's the word of God. In John 3.13, Jesus stated... No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. The Son of Man in heaven, Jesus standing there in shoe leather before his disciples, stating he was in heaven. In John 10, 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. We're one in the self-same spirit. Well, somebody said, well, then, how can he do that if only a man lost it, only a man can redeem us back, and it's born in the city of David, Christ the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Christ is that spirit, Emmanuel, God with us. The key to that, the key to understanding that is that Philippians 2, 6, Jesus, who being in the form of God, Form is morpha. It is an eternal state of being, in essence, a form. Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. No one is equal with God except God himself and all the attributes of God. God is love. God is jealous. His name is Jealous. 
God is wisdom. Take a look at, at, at Proverbs 8. He uses a singular personal pronoun, I wisdom, as a person. But wisdom is spirit. With all you're getting, get wisdom. And said, wisdom said, I wisdom was daily his delight. That's not two spirits. That is an attribute of that one spirit of God, but many attributes. I wisdom dwell with prudence. There's another attribute. God is love. That's another attribute. But there's not three, four, 10, 20, 30 different persons in the Godhead. And certainly not three. These are attributes. Somebody said, well, in Genesis 126, God said, let us make man in our image. Those are plural personal pronouns. Let us, plural personal pronoun, make man in our image. Plural, plural personal pronoun. Yes, because God has many attributes. Jeremiah 51, 15. How did he make the worlds and the heavens and the earth? By his power, wisdom, and understanding. There are three different attributes there in Jeremiah 51, 15. That's not three people. It's not three persons. It's not three persons in the Godhead. It's one singular, singular person. Who is that spirit? But many attributes. So I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. With me is understanding. There's three different attributes there. When God said, let us make man in our image, all the attributes of God came forward. Love came forward. If love had not come forward as an attribute of God, man could not love. Wisdom came forward. Another attribute of God. And if wisdom hadn't came forward, man would have no wisdom. Understanding came forward. Prudence came forward. Power came forward. All of the attributes of God came forward in the image of God. Somebody said, well, why don't you use us? Because of the plural attributes of God. You'll find the next verse, Genesis 127 says, so God made man in his own image. Male and female created he, them, singular personal pronoun. So the plural, plural personal pronoun in Genesis 126 becomes a singular personal pronoun in Genesis 127, proving that it was God himself in many attributes that God himself created the heaven and spanned the earth by himself alone. Isaiah 44, 20. He's the only one. He's not speaking to the angelic host. He's not speaking the Father talking to the Son and the Holy Ghost, which is an asinine, a total error that, that uh, uh, has been propagated over the years as truth, which is a total lie. But God is setting truth in these last days as a path of the just is a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. And that truth of Jesus is coming forth of those that have an ear to hear. He's always been God. Always will be God. And there's no other God but him. And his name is Jesus. Somebody said, well, why didn't he re reveal his name in the Old Testament? 
because those were manifestations of God, but not in a permanent dwelling, not in an eternal dwelling, not in a permanent tabernacle. Yes, one of the angels that spoke with Abraham was the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And Jesus stated that, he said, Jesus, you're not yet 50 years old. Have you seen our father Abraham? Jesus stated before Abraham was, I am. Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it. He's not saying his flesh was thousands of years old. He's saying that he is that spirit. But the key to understanding that is that Jesus, who being in the form of God, spirit, made himself of no reputation. That is the kano, K-E-N-O-O, laid aside his glory. Why? Because he can only work as a man. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Well, who's born in the city of David? Christ the Lord. Well, is he going to walk out there and immediately say, oh, give me uh, ivory chariots and wheels of iron and uh, uh, 50 people running before him saying, here's the son of God? No. Born in a manger. At that point, as one of us, his spirit being made of no reputation. We find that in Philippians 2.6. Jesus, who was in that form of God's spirit, an everlasting form, more for that he will be in forever, always has been God, always will be God, but he'll have to put a self-imposed limitation upon himself to not work his spirit and form himself, God himself, and own body of flesh and blood which will be the Father manifest in the flesh. Jesus, the image of the invisible God. John 10, 30, I and my Father are one, one in the self-same spirit, using the word, Greek word, heis, H-E-I-S, meaning exactly the self-same spirit. Not whom, not in union, but heis, the exact self-same spirit. How will he work salvation? He has to be one of us. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. How does he become that man? Jesus, who being in the form of God, makes himself, made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, not going to work his spirit, is going to be a latent power that he puts aside as a self-imposed limitation upon himself to take upon him that spirit, the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, will humble himself to the death, the death of the cross, wherefore God has highly exalted him. And that's the reason Jesus said in John 2, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body of flesh and blood except he be God. But in the days of his flesh, He's working salvation for us as a man, not as a God-man, as a man. When he walks on the water, he's doing it as a man. When he's worried with his journey, it's as a man. 
that man is working and what to fulfill the law. For this reason, Jesus is born under the law, not above it and under the law. How do we know that? Because Romans 8, 3, what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh. God sending his own son and the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Galatians 4, verse 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman. Made under the law. There's three that bear record in heaven. 1 John 5, 7, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. These are three or one. Heist, there's a very same exact spirit. The Father's administrative office of that spirit. The Word is the expression office of that same spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that same spirit. One spirit. Different offices, different functions, but still one spirit. 1 John 5, 7. Jesus, the Son of God, is the everlasting Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. The express image of his person. Not the expressed image, but the express image of his singular person. Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. There, Jesus has made himself of no reputation as spirit. He is the Christ. He's made himself of no reputation. He takes on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. The form of a servant and that form is morpha. It's an eternal state. Who is this? Isaiah 43.10 tells us, Thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the invisible Spirit of God, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Elohim, El Shaddai, that invisible Spirit, thus saith the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen. Surely it sounds like there's two. But God's going to give us that revelation, this mystery that we must believe in order to be saved. Thus saith the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, which is the invisible spirit of God, the Father, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. Don't believe organizations, denominations, bishops, apostles, prophets, pastors, presbyters, deacons, whatever the case is. Believe God. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that invisible spirit, the omniscient, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen. Sounds like there's two. The servant is that man made in the likeness of man, form of a servant made in the likeness of man, Philippians 2 6. Isaiah 43 10. Isaiah said, Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. Believe God. Not some doctrinal dogmas handed down through denomination and tradition of the elders that have made the word of God to none effect. Believe me, God said, that you may understand and believe me and understand what? Thus saith the Lord, 
the invisible spirit, father of glory, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that man of flesh and blood, that you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. The spirit in that man is God manifest in the flesh. Not God Jr., not second person of the Godhead, God himself. Go on with Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood and that man that you see is the invisible spirit of God manifest. Jesus said the words that I speak they're not mine. The Father the dwelling in me, housing permanently in me forever. He's the one doing the works. I can only, I can of myself do nothing. All that I see my father do, that's what I do. And that see is not with a natural eye. That's that spirit. The human spirit of the man Christ Jesus. So what are we saying? We're saying a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Romans 5. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offenses of one man, so also is the free gift. That, that sin reigned by death. Now grace reigns through righteousness. What is righteousness? Jesus said, I go to my Father. John 16. Who is that man? That man is God manifest in the flesh. When you read Isaiah 43.10, it tells us there's only one God, that he is working salvation in and of himself alone. We understand then that 1 John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he himself, God, laid down his life for us. Therefore, we'll have to lay down our lives for the brethren. In Isaiah 43.10, Isaiah specifically tells us, Thus saith the Lord, the Spirit of God, and my servant whom I have chosen. That's the flesh and blood. That you know, may know and believe me and understand. Have the spiritual understanding, the spiritual revelation of Christ. Christ is that spirit that will manifest in a body of flesh and blood as the Christ not second person of the Godhead. Christ the Spirit is Christ the man, one and the same. That you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. The Spirit of God is that man. He is that servant. Before me there was no God formed, one, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God, thy Redeemer, the Lord, thy Savior. And beside me, there is no other God. It's very simple that the law has to be fulfilled. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. How did God get the blood? He formed himself a body of flesh and blood. God himself. The Son of God is the image of the invisible God. 
not another. He's the express image of his person. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But he has to fulfill the law. Just because God has taken on a body of flesh and blood, the law still remains there because there's been no shedding of blood yet. Well, there's born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. The law is still there. He's going to be tested and tried and tempted in all points, like as we are as a man. God can't be tempted. Well, he's not being tempted. Why? Because he's made himself of no reputation. No reputation. He's laid aside his glory. He's working only as a man. Showing us the way, the truth, and the life that we as human beings can, through the Spirit, do the same things he did if we're born again. Jesus is a perfect, spotless, blameless man. The only sinless man there's ever been. To be that man, tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin, requires a virgin birth. Because in Adam all die. If it's a seed of Adam, it will be a sinful nature. It will be sin in there which will manifest itself in a disobedience to all the commands of God because of the human nature, an Adamic nature. But we'll have the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman there, whenever Jesus is born, we have an X and Y chromosome. The X chromosome is female. The Y chromosome is male. It's not the woman that produces a Y chromosome for a male seed. It's only the male that has a Y chromosome for the child gender to be whether male or female. It is uh, to, to the father, to the man. The woman has an XX chromosome. If the male has a, an X chromosome, it will be a female child. If there is a Y chromosome produced by the father, there will be a man-child. There is a miraculous birth of Jesus Christ. That which is conceived in you, Mary, is of the Holy Ghost. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's of the Holy Ghost. And you will bring forth a son, little S-O-N, a child born. And he shall be called the son of the highest. In other words, it's going to be a progressive glorification back. The glory he laid aside... He's going to progressively take it back in his own body of flesh and blood through the Spirit, showing us the way, the truth, and the life, just like he did as a human being. As a man, the first man Adam made a living soul, that second Adam will be made a quickening spirit, little less, because that man will literally, literally fulfill all the law in every aspect of that law. And then as a free will sacrifice, lay down his life. That man has to fulfill that law. That man is made under the law, not above it. So we see in in, in Galatians 4, verse 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made in under the law, to redeem us that were under the law. 
So therefore, the law is going to state that the high priest cannot take his office until age 30. Hebrews 4 states four times that the high priest takes his office at age 30. Therefore, Jesus, being in a body of flesh and blood, just as we are, fulfilling the law in the days of his flesh, just like you and me, that's going to be tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin, will have to obey every measure of that law. That law says, and he is our high priest, he's our great high priest, but he's fulfilling the law as a man, not as a God-man, as a man. A man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. God has laid aside his glory to work only as a man. And as a man, Jesus will grow up in favor with God and with man because the law is still there. And Jesus, even though he is God and has made that of no reputation, has laid aside that glory, not working as God, but as a man, will fulfill the law as a man. The law states that the high priest does not take his office until age 30. Jesus, therefore, cannot, by fulfilling the law as a man, take his ministry and office as our high priest until age 30. That our priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Well, Jesus being about the age of 30, why? Because he's fulfilling the law as a man of flesh and blood, just like you and just like me. And he's going to be tempted at all points, like as we are yet without sin. That's the reason Jesus will not start his ministry until age 30. He's fulfilling the law. Everything he does, he's going to grow in favor with God and with man, fulfilling the law. He is going to be tested and tried in his human spirit, rational soul, and human body of flesh and blood, just like you and just like me in all points, spirit, soul, and body and yet will remain spotless, blameless, the sinless Lamb of God. As he begins, the first miracle he does there, he, he's baptized of John and Jordan. Why to be baptized? He has no sin. Well, he goes to John the Baptist, and there he said, uh, baptize me. John the Baptist says, I have need to be baptized of you of whose shoe last it's I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Jesus said, suffer to be so to fulfill all righteousness. The righteousness, which is not of the law, but of God, but fulfilling that law in every aspect to bring it to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Not a natural law of Moses, but fulfilling every jot and tittle of that law to bring it us a natural that natural law to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So Jesus will have to keep every jot and tittle of that law perfect, spotless, and blameless in all points of that law. Therefore, he does not take his office of our high priest until age 30. He goes to John the Baptist and said, baptize me, suffer to be so, to fulfill all righteousness. When John baptizes him, when a high priest would baptize the son to take his office because by reason of death he could not continue. He would do three things. Number one, he would anoint him with oil. Number two, lay hands on him. And number three, speak over him, thou art the high priest in my stead. That the old high priest would then retire. His son would take over. 
but Jesus will be after the order of Melchizedek. He goes to John the Baptist, whose father was Zechariah, the course of Abijah of uh, uh, the Levitical priesthood under Aaron, and is going to bear a transition from Moses, the Mosaic law, to that law, the spirit of life, and he will then give us the law has said uh, they commit adultery uh, for the cause of fornication, put away your wife, you commit adultery. But Jesus said, but I say unto you, if a man looks on a woman only to lust after her, in his heart has already committed adultery with her, in his heart. There he's giving the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So at the, when he's baptized of John in Jordan, the, John the Baptist lays hands on him. Number two, puts him under the water. Number three, instead of speaking over him, a voice comes from heaven. Somebody said, why did the voice come from heaven? Because Jesus is working as a man. Even though he is that spirit, that law is still there. You have to understand, the law is still there as a wall of partition parting God from all mankind. What has God done? He's made his spirit of no reputation. He's coming under the law over here as a man of flesh and blood and under the law and then will fulfill the law that is a middle wall of partition as a man going back to God showing us the way, the truth, and life. No man coming to the Father but by him. To do that, he has to fulfill the law as a man, not as God, but as a man. Now Jesus tells us to be you perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. If we as, uh, as flesh and blood men could not come unto perfection through that spirit, then Jesus would not have commanded us to be you perfect, even as, uh, as uh, the Father in heaven is perfect. That's a command. Be you perfect. Be you therefore perfect. There Jesus is showing us. And the days of his flesh, he's not working his spirit. Here's the law, and here's the man. That law's still there. That law's still there. That law has not gone away. Just because God is born in the, in the days of his flesh in Bethlehem, Judah. Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, who is Christ, is born there. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Christ, that spirit of God manifest in the flesh. God manifest in the flesh. That law is still there. Even though Jesus is that spirit, that spirit's not working. It's made him no reputation. God put a self-imposed limitation upon himself to only work as a man of flesh and blood. And he will fulfill his own law, which is a middle wall of partition between God and all mankind, as a man the law states that a high priest doesn't take his office until age 30. Jesus cannot take his office as high priest until age 30. Why? Because if he does, he's broken his own law. Jesus, being about the age of 30, goes down to be baptized of John and Jordan to fulfill all righteousness. Not to wash away his sins, but to fulfill all righteousness. At that time, 
when he straightway comes up out of the water, just as the high priest had baptized his son by reason of death and could not continue under the Levitical law. He anointed with oil, laid hands on him, and then spoke over him. Died a high priest in my stead. John the Baptist, of the course of Zechariah, of Abijah, of the Levitical priesthood of Aaron, then baptizes Jesus in Jordan, the Jordan River. And Jesus straightway comes up. As he does, he lays hands on him. Number two, puts him under the water. Number three, he doesn't speak over him because this is an order after the order of Melchizedek. God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son. Later he's going to say, of whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him, not the law. Now we're listening to that Jesus, the law, the spirit of life, manifests in that order of Melchizedek, the high or great high priest, Jesus Christ. The law has said, thou shalt not commit adultery. If you marry, uh, save him for the cause of fornication, you commit adultery, and whoever marries her commits adultery. But Jesus said, if a man looks on a woman to lust after her in his heart, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. But I say unto you, now Jesus, he didn't say, thus saith the Lord. He said, I say unto you. Why? Because he is now speaking the words of God. The words that I speak are not mine, Jesus said. All that the Father's given to me, that's what I speak. The words that I speak are not mine. The Father that dwells permanently in me, but the Spirit has made him no reputation. It's laid aside its glory for Jesus to fill the law as a man. And as he does, he's going to be tempted in all points like as we are. Then Jesus, because the law is still there, friend of mine, he will have to still pray to the Father because he is in our stead. He is in a body of flesh and blood. He is in under the law as a man. He's laid aside his spirit, made of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6, taken on the form of a servant which is God himself manifest in the flesh, but that spirit, he's not using the spirit because it's made him no reputation so he can fill his, um, fulfill his own law as a man. God was in Christ reconciling the world back into himself. That law is still there. So Jesus is going to be tempted in all points of that law. First thing he does is the spirit drave Jesus immediately into the wilderness there to be tempted of Satan. God can't be tempted. He's not tempting the spirit. The man Christ Jesus emptied out of all glory, working as a man. Now you have the true Christ. Christ is that spirit. But he took on a body of flesh and blood as the Christ that will progressively glorify his own human back to himself. That's the reason Jesus still has to pay to the Father, even though he is a Father. That Spirit has made him no reputation because he is emptied out of glory, made of no reputation to redeem us under the law. He's under the law. That law is still there. He's under it. Now the law says you can't be a high priest till age 30. Uh, there are numbers four. Well, Jesus has to wait to 30. Then, when he does miracles, they progressively glory, glory and higher glory from glory to glory in everything that he does. He first there at the marriage of Cana uh, of Galilee, he turns the water into wine. Somebody said, well, you know, that's great. Yes, but with the more miracles he does, the greater glory it's going to reveal. 
And he's going to pray to the Father. Father, my Father is greater than I. He's saying the Spirit is greater than his flesh. The things concerning me, the man Christ Jesus, have an end. There's no end to the Spirit of God. Jesus then says he is working as a man. Oh, Holy Father, praying to the Father, glorify thou me. The law is still there. He's fulfilling the law in his own body of flesh and blood as one of us. When you see that, that he is Christ the Spirit, made of no reputation, and working salvation as the Christ, the Messiah, as our kinsman redeemer. He's one of us in all things made like unto his brethren. Then now you see how Jesus loved us, made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, took on the form of a servant, an own body of flesh and blood to fulfill his own law, and then break down that middle wall of partition, that wall that separated God from man, all mankind. How does he do it? Jesus said, Father, glorify thou me. The Father says, I've glorified you. Why? Because he's still made of no reputation. He's still not working as spirit. It's not joined at that spirit at that point because it's made of no reputation. It is laid aside. It's latent. It's laid aside. He's not working as God. He's working as a man. And he puts a self-imposed, made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. When you get that, now you're on the road to the real Christ, the real Jesus, the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. Jesus there praying to the Father, and he will pray to the Father until that law, that middle wall of partition, that law is broken down. So he says, Father, glorify thou me. He's progressively glorifying his human back to himself. But the law is still there. That law has to be fulfilled. Jesus said, Father, glorify thou me. He said, I've glorified you and I will glorify you again. You're coming up from this level of glory to a higher level of glory. You're going from glory to glory to glory. God glorifying his own human back to himself. One spirit manifest in a body of flesh and blood. The son of God, the father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Now you're getting the real, real Jesus. Father glorify them. And look at the miracles. They're, they're progressively glor- growing in glory, in power demonstrated. Jesus said, the Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. He's the one healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosening the, the dumb tongue, the lame walking, the captive going free. I'm not doing the Father dwelling in me. He's the one doing the works. But that wall, that middle wall of partition, that law is still there. He's doing those miracles as a man with the finger of God casting out devils. Know you, the kingdom of God's come nigh to you. Christ revealed in a body of flesh and blood. There in John 14, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. 
If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith, saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh through the Father but by me. From henceforth you both know him, the Father, and have seen him. That's the invisible spirit of God manifesting through the man. As our high priest, which cannot start until age 30, because the law states, stated that in Numbers 4. Then he begins to glorify his own human, and as he crucifies the flesh, the Spirit of God can manifest through the man Christ Jesus, showing us how if we crucify our flesh, that we can do the same thing. And greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house and many mansions were not so. I would have told you. Whenever Thomas said, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I, the man, Christ Jesus, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. From henceforth you both know him and have seen him because it's the Father that's dwelling permanently in Christ Jesus. Before, he was manifest in the burning bush. He was uh, an angel, one of the three angels that manifest to Abraham, calling him Lord. Uh, Moses in the burning bush, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am that I am. But that burning bush that was on fire and did not was not consumed, that was the Lord, no doubt. Jacob wrestled with the angel, call it Penal, face of God. Call it the redeeming it, the angel that redeemed you in Genesis 48. That was the Lord. But it wasn't a permanent abode. He wasn't going to stick his name there, his eternal name. It's like you. If you had a rental house, you would not go out and chisel your name in the concrete and over the doorpost of your house because it's not your house. It's a rental house, somebody else's. It's not going to be your permanent residence. Well, you're not going to put your name on everything there. Permanently, permanently, you're not going to do that. Well, neither did Jesus. He was one of the angels that met Abraham, for Abraham was I am. He is that angel that wrestled with Jacob uh, and called the place Penal. Jacob called the place, uh, changed to Israel, Penal, P-N-L, face of God. We see uh, Joshua with a man with a sword drawn on the side of the Jordan River. He said, who are you? You for you, you're far against, for us or you against us? He said, neither. Joshua, take off the shoes from off your feet. The ground that you stand on is holy. I am captain of the Lord of hosts. That's the Lord. But it was not a permanent tabernacle. It wasn't a permanent dwelling. And he's not going to reveal his name. Manoah, which was Samson's dad. Whenever Samson's mom had a a mother had a visitation from the angel, said he will have a Nazarite vow, he would judge uh, uh, the people, and he will be uh, a judge to the, the people, and let no razor come upon his head, and no drink no wine, he will have a vow of a Nazarite. Manoah, the father, said, let that angel come back and tell me what he told you. The angel came back. 
And he said to Manoah, what I've told your wife, that do, and observe to do all that I tell you. And Manoah said, uh, there when he's, he's, he is making a, a sacrifice, they're going to eat together. And then he said, what is your name? That when all this comes to pass, we can give you honor. And the angel said, why do you ask me my name, seeing that it is secret? It's secreted. That name's not going to be revealed until the Lord takes on a permanent, everlasting tabernacle. A permanent abode. A permanent tabernacle, a permanent house. A permanent temple. And when he does, he's going to manifest his, God's eternal name there. The name Jehovah is salvation. We believe in the name of the Son of God. Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation. And that's the reason he called his name Jesus. That's the reason the name was not revealed then. So Jesus said, no man come go with the Father but by me. At that point, Philip said, Lord, speaking to Jesus, show us the Father and that suffices us. That's all we need to know. Jesus said, as a man, have I been so long time with you and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? John is John 14. He that has seen me has seen the Father. Why? Because the man, Christ Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Why? Because all the grace and truth and all the truth that God is was manifest through that man, Christ Jesus. But as a man, he's fulfilling the law as a man. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world. And therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Who is that man? Isaiah 43.10 tells you it's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty and that servant that I am he. There was no God formed before me. There won't be any God formed after me. God formed in a body of flesh is the Son of God, the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood as one spirit, not two, not three, but one. When you have that, now you have believed in one God. You believe in one God, you do well. The devils believe also, and they tremble. Philip, has Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and that suffices us. That's all we need to know. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast not known, known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? The words that I speak are not mine. Believe me that I'm in my Father, my Father in me. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. Else believe me for the work's sake. How many blind eyes do I have to open? How many dead do I have to raise before you understand that I, the Son of God, am the Father revealed. But the law's still there. He's fulfilling that law as a man. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Even in the miracles Jesus did, it's still a separation there. A separation, a distinction from the Father and the man Christ Jesus because he's on our behalf. He's taken on him the form of a man being found in fashion as a man and under the law. Galatians 4, verse 4. He is working as a man 
of flesh and blood, just like you and just like me, tempted at all points, like as we are yet without sin, Hebrews 4.15. Jesus, as he works these miracles, every miracle will progress. Why? Because God is progressively glorifying his own human, his own body of flesh and blood, his own man, his own servant, back to himself, fulfilling the law as a man. Not as a God-man, as a man. Jesus is suffering as a man, walking on water as a man. Everything he's doing is as a man. When Jesus, he, let's, let's look at raising the dead. First thing he does is Jairus' daughter. And they, they, they laugh him to scorn and say the, the, the daughter is, is not dead, but she's sleeping. They laughed him to scorn. She'd been dead a couple of hours. He raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. Now, that's that, that a very notable miracle raised from the dead. Three raised from the Old Testament from the dead, one under Elijah, two under Elisha. Now, Jesus is going to work three miracles there, raising the dead. Three in the old, three in the new, and the seventh one, he will be the one that raises from the dead forever to live, having a, a, a death conquered. First one's Jairus' daughter. Been dead a couple of hours, raised her from the dead. Now we go to the widow of Nain's son. Been dead a couple of days. He has compassion upon the widow, her only son. He sees the beer, the coffin coming by. He has compassion on her. He walks over there to the beer, the coffin, and says, Son, I'm saying that he arrives. He presents the boy alive to her mother. Boy's been dead a couple of days now, not just a couple of hours, a couple of days. They're having the funeral. It's gone from a couple of hours to a couple of days. Now we're going to Lazarus. See, it's progressively going higher and higher. Glory manifest in the man, Christ Jesus, revealing uh, the power of God in and through the man Christ Jesus the son of God the father revealed in a body of flesh and blood but fulfilling the law as a man as a man very very important he has to fulfill the law as one of us as a man there Jesus there is told Lazarus is dead he goes after four days Lazarus has been dead for four days. By this time, he stinketh. Jesus said, roll away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. Bound in the great foes, loose him and let him go. You can see the progressive miracles. And it takes hours upon end to go through each individual miracle. And that's progressively glorifying. And talks about the last day works and move of the work of the ministry. Now we're talking about who is the son of God. In the days of his flesh. That is, uh, Christ revealed the Spirit of God in a body of flesh and blood as the Christ. So what are you saying? Christ is that Spirit manifest in a body of flesh and blood as the man Christ. Christ the man is Christ the Spirit, but the Spirit is made of no reputation. So he can work salvation as a man. When you have that, you're getting the true Christ. You know the real Jesus, the real Christ, the foundation of the church, that God himself loved you. And we perceive that love because he laid down his life. That was God's own flesh and blood body. 
but he did as a man. Why? Because he made his spirit of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. After Jesus has been tempted in all points like as we are, after every jot and tittle of that law has been fulfilled, then Jesus prays to the Father in John 17. O Holy Father, glorify thou me, the man, with thine own self, with thine own self, yes, the self of God, with the glory that I had with you before the world was, before I laid that glory aside to manifest, I want all that glory back, all that power back. You emptied out of that glory to become a man, just like the high priest did in Leviticus 16. In Leviticus 16, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would take off his garments of glory and beauty, lay them aside in the sanctuary, the holy place, and take upon him the linen breeches, the linen bonnet, the linen, the linen clothes, the linen raiment, becoming one with the people. Then after he did all the sacrifices on the Day of Atonement, and going in, the, the goat of Azazel, the two goats, the scapegoat, after he's gone before the mercy seat sprinkling, uh, before the mercy seat seven times there on the mercy seat and coming back out, then he laid aside his linen garments. After all the sacrifice was done, laid aside the linen garments in the holy place where was a candlestick, the table of shoe bread, and the altar of incense, never to be worn again, lay aside those linen garments, never to be worn again, and put back on the garments of glory and beauty. Your Lord God, your great high priest, did the same thing for you. He laid aside his glory, made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6. After he fulfilled all of it, then he's going to take back all that glory. He's praying that in John 17, 5, Father, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory I have with you before the world was. Before I laid that glory off, made myself of no reputation, I want it all back. There Jesus is dying on the cross. The law is still there. He's still praying to the Father. As he cries out in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. The two wills, the will of the man and the will of God. Nevertheless, not my will, not, the, not me as my own will as a man, but thy will be done. Great drops of blood fell from his forehead as sweat. Jesus' soul being in an agony, his mind, will, being in an agony, an exponential agony, suffering more than any man had ever suffered before. His visage will be marred more than any man. At that time, he then he says, go on and sleep, apostles. Uh, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. They take him as the lamb was four days up uh, there and a male of the first year in the Passover coming out of Egypt, going over the Reed Sea, the Red Sea, 
kept up four days, make sure there's no spot or blemish in him. So Jesus will be up four days and before Pilate, Caiaphas, and Herod and find no thing worthy of death in him. Perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God. As Jesus is dying on the cross, the cross there as he's dying on the cross for our propitiation, for our sins and our stead, he said, Father, into thy hands I command and I I commend my human spirit. I command, I commend my spirit, his human spirit. And he gave up the ghost, little G. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil, that is to say his flesh in Hebrews 10, rent from top to bottom, showing us the way into the holiest of all was not made manifest yet until Jesus died on that cross. Notice, and uh, we find Colossians 2 and also in Ephesians, the second chapter, that Jesus takes the ordinances of this law as a middle wall of partition that parted God from all mankind. He took the ordinances of that law that were contrary to all of us, nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition. Thereby of the twain, God and all mankind, making one new man. That man is Christ Jesus, that Lamb of God, that man that died for you, the perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God, the Son of God died for you and died for me. When Jesus died on that cross... And when that veil rent from top to bottom, what is it that he first ascended? But he first descended into the heart of the earth, triumphing over the devil in it. And in, the, in Peter, we have, 1 Peter 3 tells us that Jesus, and while in the days and the long suffering of God in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved by water, the like figure which baptism does also now save us. Not the putting away the filth of flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. What is it that he first, not he first ascended, but first descended into the heart of the earth and by that spirit, capital S, why? Because the spirit of the man was then when he died on that cross, the spirit of that man commended into the hand of God, that spirit of God, and by that spirit, capital S, descend into the heart of the earth there to triumph over Satan in it, making a show of him openly, taking the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. There you have the man Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, 45, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. But that second Adam, that second man, that second Adam was made a quickening spirit, small s. Why small s? Because the spirit of that man, that perfect, spotless, blameless sacrifice, that sinless man died for you and became a quickening spirit. Why? Because it was nothing worthy of death and he's going to be declared to be the son of God. Romans 1, 3, 
declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. Three days that he was in that tomb. Three days the Spirit of God in that holiness searched through the human spirit, rational soul, and human body of Jesus and found nothing worthy of death. Perfect, spotless, blameless, and declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. That's the reason Jesus said, tell no man this vision until the Son of Man is resurrected. Why? Because from that day forward, by that resurrection, declared him to be the Lamb of God, the Son of God. God manifest in the flesh. There, all power in heaven and earth, everything that God is, was, or ever has been, was then given to Christ Jesus, the man, set down with the Father in, not beside it, in his throne. Revelation 3.21. Jesus prepared a place for us. He said to him that overcame with, will I grant to sit with me in my throne as a man, even as I overcame, that's sit, S-I-T, just like you would sit down in a chair, S-I-T. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit down with me in my throne as a man, even as I overcame. Where did you go, Jesus? Revelation 3.21. Even as I overcame, and I am set, S-E-T, a settled state of glory, Sit down, S-E-T, down with my Father in his throne. All power in heaven and earth given unto Jesus. That's the reason why when Jesus came out of the tomb, he said, Matthew 28, 18, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Glorified with the Father's own self. All power in heaven and in earth did not leave the Father powerless. In John 16, Jesus stated that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, I'll give it to you. He said, but the day come when you will ask in my name, and I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because he's glorified. He laid aside his glory to be a man. But then after he fulfilled every jot and tittle of that cross, he was glorified with the Father's own self. And then he said, now in that time, at that time, at that time, you will ask in my name. And I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because all the Father's has, he's given unto me, the man Christ Jesus. That's where we are now. I don't say Father in the name of Jesus because I put him back before the cross. I say Jesus. And when I speak that name, all, all the powers that be are subject to that name. That name that is above every name. Every devil there has to obey that name. That name of Jesus. Because all power in heaven and earth is given to him. Not some, but all power in heaven and earth is given unto him. The man Christ Jesus sat down with the Father in the throne, glorified with the Father's own self, now revealed. The Son of God the Father revealed. And when you get to heaven, you won't see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost on three, three, 
thrones. <laughs> There'll be one throne, and there won't be one standing beside at the right hand of it. You'll see Jesus set down in that throne. You'll see one on that throne, the throne of God and of the Lamb. There'll be one throne, only one throne there, friend. That's the reason Jesus said in Acts 2, when Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, 36, he said, let all the house of Israel know assuredly, without a doubt, that same Jesus whom you crucified, that man, that man you crucified, God hath made him, that man, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, and has now sent forth that which you see and hear of the Father, which said, Jesus said, which is the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. The Spirit of the Son is the Spirit of the Father. That's Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Why? Because there's only one Spirit. Spirit of the Son, Spirit of the Father, one and the same. Who is he? All power in heaven and earth are given to him. We, have, we don't say, Father, in the name of Jesus now, putting him back before the cross. Jesus said, the time cometh when you will ask in my name, and I say not. John 16, I say not, I'll pray the Father for you. For all that the Father has given is given unto me, Jesus said. Jesus, when you say that, all powers that be, all angelic hosts are subject to that name, Jesus. Who is he? Well, he's that quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. He's made a quickening spirit, small s. Why? Because that man died for you. Who is glorified uh, back to the Father's own self, all power in heaven and earth given unto him? He is the Father revealed. He is the Father revealed. The Son of God is the Father revealed. <laughs> he is that spirit. Who's the Lord? The Jesus Christ is the Lord. Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is the Father. And every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty. To the glory of the Father. Who is this Jesus? 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16 says, Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate. The only potentate? I thought there was two or three up there. No, the only one. The only potentate is the Almighty. You find that in Revelation 1 8, wait, 1 8 also. Jesus said, I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. He is the Almighty God, Jesus Christ. Revelation 1 8. He is, 1 Timothy 6 15, 16. Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent. Almighty, that's a capital P, the Almighty God, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto nor can see. No man. No man. That is Christ Jesus. He is that God. That man is God. Anybody tells you that man is not God, flee. In John 8, 13, they came to Jesus, and I'll close. They came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you better record yourself. Your record's not true. The Pharisees said to him, 
Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. I am my Father that sent me. It's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself as a body of flesh and blood as a man. In the days of his flesh, Jesus as a man. And my Father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. There's two men there? Jesus said there was. Why? The body of flesh and blood is one witness, and the spirit is that other witness. They said, where is your father? Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. You're from beneath. I'm from above. You're of this world. I'm not of this world. Jesus is telling them he's the father. Moreover, Jesus spake these words in the treasury. No man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. Jesus said, I go my way. Whether I go, you cannot come. They said, whether will he go? Will he kill himself? Because he said, whether I go, you cannot come. Notice in John 8, 24, Jesus said, except you believe. The question was, where is your father? John 8, 24, Jesus stated, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory. You shall die in your sins. They didn't understand it then. John 8, 27. This they understood not that Jesus spake to them of the Father. They still don't understand it today. But the real believers in the Lord God Almighty believe it and know that he, Jesus Christ, is the Father of glory. And here is how you try the spirits. The man is God. There's not another. Isaiah 43.10, God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I've chosen, that you know, may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God, thy Redeemer, the Lord, thy Savior. Beside me there is no other God. In 1 John 4, they said, Hereby try you the spirits to see whether they're of God, because many false prophets are entering into the world. And most in this denominational world follow false prophets, a trinity false God, that there remains no salvation for God Jr. Jesus stated that in John 8, 24, Except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Somebody said, well, God's love. If I just believe on Jesus, I'm saved. Friend, to believe on is to believe, uh, uh, trust in, and adhere to, and obey the scriptures. Search the scriptures, uh, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me, Jesus said. How do you try the spirits to see whether they have God? Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, not has come, is come. The authorized version, is come, is a present imperfect tense of the verb, meaning it has not been perfected. It's still in operation. It is still happening today. Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, is come in the flesh, and he's still coming in the flesh. Any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, 
the Spirit of the Son, which is the Spirit of the Father, is come in the flesh, is not of God, and is that Spirit of Antichrist. Most of the churches in the world today believe in a God-man, second person of the Godhead, not realizing they have believed in a false Christ, which is an Antichrist, not stating and confessing that Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the Father himself. Somebody said, that's not the Father. Yes, it is. Because it said over there, there's one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who is the Father of us all, above all and in us all. The Father. That's the Spirit of the Son, which is the Spirit of the Father. Galatians 4, 6. No Trinity will be sealed. No binatarian believes in Tunis. You have to believe that Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, is the Father of glory. In order for those sins to be washed away and to have eternal life. Jesus stated that, except you believe that I am He, the Father of glory, in John 8, 24, you shall die in your sins. This is the real Jesus. He is the Christ. He is that spirit manifest in a body of flesh and blood. Christ is Christ. Who is a liar but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ? He's Antichrist. Why? He has denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Father and Christ is the Son. In the days of his flesh, he worked salvation as a man. But they was glorified back to his former glory, set down with the Father in the throne. Revelation 3.21 Now, Jesus Christ is the Lord. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is that Spirit. The Lord is that Spirit. Who is the Lord? Jesus Christ. Neighbor, don't let anybody deceive you in the revelation of Christ. This is Trinity versus Jesus. Do not fall for the tradition of the elders. That's made the Word of God an effect in a council of Nicaea in the Chalcedonian definition of a God-man splitting the Spirit of God for there's only one you believe that, you do well. Until the next time, sealing God's people, this is your host, Brother Dennis Beard.